what we do here is go back, 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 back. Well, you've got two options. You're either going to give it to Jacobs or you're going to do a play action to the, one of the tight ends. God forbid it be Witten, but a lot of times it is. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And this year for Christmas, some kids got presents. Some kids got coal. We just got a bunch of L's. And it wasn't great. Not on the Raiders front. The moral lock front wasn't hot. We'll get into that. But how you feeling? Um, yeah, I, f- I feel the same. I feel like we kind of got punched in the face um, this past weekend and but, you know, there, there was a lot of football going, um, so it was nice to have, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, you know, triple header on Saturday, um, but a game on Christmas Day, triple header, and then, you know, Sunday jam-packed full of the NFL as well. So it's um, it's getting to the, the fun part of the NFL season, you know, removing the fact that the Raiders are not in playoff contention. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of getting fun because there's a lot of games that are, you know, important and a lot of different uh, scenarios where different teams can make – the playoffs. So I think it's exciting for the NFL. We're getting to that time of year, but overall it was a tough one. How are you? Well, uh, not the best, not the best at all. Like I said, tough. It was a tough loss to say the least. It's one of those things that it's never easy when things go that route. And it's never easy when a game ends on the most Raider way of it possibly ending, but it is what it is. We'll get more into that as we do the recap of it, but we shall start it off with the mortal locks. So I will kick it to you on going over what those mortal locks were. We had we both had one for Saturday, both had one for Sunday. Give us that breakdown. Um, yeah, so we had two on Saturday, and that was a tough one. Saturday was was tough in a lot of ways, and I guess if you look at it, we we both picked you know the the first two games of the day, or so you picked the the Lions Packers or not Packers Lions. Buccaneers, um, Lions were plus nine and a half. Um, you dealt a, you had dealt a pretty bad hand there just with Stafford going out early, but then I had the Cardinals, um, I believe minus, yeah, minus five at home and on the road at the same time against the Niners. So, um, and then we had the Raider game after that. So, um, a couple tough mortal locks, um, anything you wanted to add or, or to touch on about your, your mortal lock of Saturday? You know, there's some material change in the situation, Obviously can't go back on that now, but it was what it was, man. I talked myself into the Lions with nothing other than just basic numbers and just thought that there was a chance we could pull that out. You know, obviously the Tampa Bay is a much better team. They were, by all accounts, bound to run run away with it at some point, but I thought we had a chance. I thought Stafford could have came through on another holiday and uh, it did not get a chance to. So here we are, getting boat raced. Yeah, that was a shellacking. I mean... And, and I know that the coaching staff for the Lions were all out. So they had like the, in, the interim head coaches was like the fourth option um, of a potential interim. So anyways, that was tough. It just, they smoked him. Bucks looked really good, but yeah, I had the Cardinals minus five um, against the, the Niners and the Niners won outright 20 to 12. So I thought that was a game that the Cardinals had a lot to play for. Obviously they still have playoff hopes and aspirations. The Niners were eliminated, but it just ended up, you know, playing spoiler and Kyle Shanahan does it again with his running game and with his, um, you know, JV squad of a 
kind of offensive line and a little bit, you know, with uh, CJ Beathard out there, it was just, it was tough um, as far as how that went. I know Kyler got banged up a little bit, but um, anywho, yeah, nothing really else to dive into that, but you know, Niners win 20 to 12. I do not cover and the Cardinals may have smoked their season on that one, but yeah. So then on Sunday we had, let's see. Oh yeah. So you had giants plus 11 at Baltimore and I had Steelers minus one and a half. So go ahead. Giants. Well, that game panned out exactly like everyone expected it to whatever it happened. You know, they, the Ravens won. So even if the Raiders would have won, they still would have been eliminated from the playoffs. You know, I was trying to do my part. I was trying to will this to happen, trying to get Danny dimes going again, trying to just do everything as someone who has no actual influence on the outcome of that game, tried to will this into happening and it just didn't. So it is what it is. The Giants, who were who we thought they were, the Ravens, who were the, what we thought they were, whatever, however that saying goes, I just butchered it twice. But yeah, there's not much to say. I, I don't, and I don't even remember what the score was to be honest with you. But I know the whole time I'm sitting there with you, and I'm like, all right, if they just get a stop, score a touchdown, get a stop, and then get a field goal, <laughs> I'm at ten. Yeah. I'm at ten. We're, well, it we're was solid. actually, yeah, it's closer than than it you know, we would have thought, but, or with how it was going at least. So yeah. they ended up only losing by 14. So they barely missed their yeah. um, covering. And there was, I think it was 28, 14 and the Ravens were about to punch it in to make it 35, 14 and kind of blow them out of the water. And um, they fumbled in the goal line. And then, so the giants got the ball back and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is your chance to go back. And Daniel Jones just ended up being Daniel Jones so and it was one of those things too it was like halfway through the first quarter it was like 17 nothing I was like oh shit oh yeah it was going down instantly like it yeah. quickly was bad <laughs> well yeah I had uh Steelers plus one and a half and that wasn't looking great at all um they ended up winning 28 24 so covered there I believe it was 24 to 7 there's 21 7 something like that um at one point and then they they rallied back um 17 unanswered in the second half so I was happy to at least go one for two and the Steelers took care of business there. And, but at, at one point you and I were like, okay, that is zero for four um, on mortal locks and a Raiders loss. So as you mentioned in the beginning, a lot of L's is what we got from Santa. So um, anything else to touch on there? You want to get into this game? Uh, we can get into the game. I'll just say that like, luckily, luckily someone got a W out of something <laughs> that we had going on here. Cause man, five L's. Five L's in two days is, is rough to come back from. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's tough. Well, cool. Let's do this then. Um, so we will recap the Raiders-Dolphins, which the Dolphins ended up winning 26-25. to 25. If you want to touch on just your thoughts on the game and then the breakdown for the Raiders' offense against the Dolphins' defense, as you previewed, it is all yours, sir. Well, I don't even know where to begin because – there are so many things that we essentially just shit the bet on in this game. Now, okay, we put up some points. It is what it is. We we put up the points. We didn't put up enough points because the other team scored more points than we did, and that's how you lose football games. But we couldn't get Josh Jacobs going. It seemed like things were getting stuffed, not going much places, and they just kind of vied away from it, started passing more. At one point, you mentioned it, and you've been kind of saying it, for the last four or five weeks is that Devontae Booker will just get his own drives. He'll just get 
a full drive and go in there and it'll either knock Jacobs off some rhythm that he's going in because he just is not in there for a full drive or it just prevents him from getting going. Jacobs had 13 carries for 69 yards, didn't do nothing. We've always preached about how he needs to get those 20 plus every game where he gets those 20 plus it's because we're rolling. We get the run game going and he gets kind of solidified in in his stuff. And and he has, if he has great games, we have great games. The offense in general, I don't know how we are so terrible in the red zone, but it's unbelievable for anybody out there that used to play grand theft auto. So in that game, when you're running around and you steal a car, if you're driving around, all of a sudden you just start seeing that car everywhere. So like if you end up like stealing like a really like hard to find car, all of a sudden it's everywhere. You're like, hell yeah. Ever since we started talking about trading touchdowns for field goals, I feel like all I'm saying is us trading touchdowns for field goals. It's like stealing a car in Grand Theft Auto. That's a good analogy. I never thought of that analogy, but um, I, I do agree with, with what you're saying. It's, it's not, it's, it hasn't been good and it has been a lot recently and you can I'll take yeah. the L on that one if you want to blame. It's not, there's there is there's no one to blame but the offense and John you know John Gruden or Carr on audibles whatever you want to call it like the offense is just to blame for not scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Our plays from the twenty to twenty, fantastic. We we're marching down the field, driving the ball, essentially doing what we wanted to do. We get inside the red zone and we just want to throw it to Witten the whole time. And which doesn't make any sense. There was that play where he threw that one up to Witten when Witten did a little delayed block and then went, tried to go up the sideline. Nobody else was running like an actual route. People were just kind of going places. No one was running an actual route. It was like, we're either going to deceive you or this play is going to fail. And guess what we didn't do? We did not deceive them. There's just so much, so much stuff going on. I mean, it, the shitty part is the game essentially came down to came down to a few things. Started off with Carlson missing that extra point. As soon as he missed that extra point, it was like, all right, well, they're going to figure out a way to lose by one. Then we go down, and before that, they had a miraculous play where Carr kind of scrambled around, hucked it up on the run to Aguilar, right over the defender, caught it, jukes some people out, scored a touchdown. I was like, hell yes. Go up by six. That was fucking awesome. Like, they got something, scrambled around, made something happen, scored a touchdown. Missed the extra point. We're like, shit. So then they go down, they score, and go up by one. Now we're it's 23-22. We drive down, like the whole game, just driving down, doing great for the most part. And lucky enough, call back to our preview pod, Byron Jones gets a what some might consider a ticky-tacky pass interference. We were both like, oh, yeah, he was draped all over him in the, in the replay. And it was like, I think his pinky might have hooked his elbow. <laughs> Outside of that, I'm not 100% positive where they got that from. But nonetheless, awesome. And then the Raiders offense proceeded to unravel. And I get where they're coming from in that situation. Okay. So you have Jacob runs the ball and goes down. And then Jacobs run the ball again and slides at the one-yard line which I'm sure Gruden and everybody told him, like, look, don't go in the end zone. We saw Todd Gurley do it where he went down and actually rolled into the end zone. Whoever they were playing came back and won the game. But it was such a soft move to not get a touchdown there, go up by five, maybe go for two. Even if you miss it, they've got to score a touchdown. 
but he advised to take a knee on third down, kick a field goal, to go up by two with the lead, and only give them 19 seconds left, which I will tell you that is the right move, albeit a soft move that is analytically the right move to make because what transpired after that was the biggest anomaly that could have ever possibly happened to any football team or single human being as a fan. So I will let you dive into the defense. No, I mean, I, if I were to say the, the, the thing about the decision that Gruden had to make is I think it, it was strictly based on the extra point. So if you think about it, it's like, okay, because we missed the extra point, if, if it's like, hey, if we score a touchdown and then we go up, you know, seven, right, or whatever. Five. Or, oh, you're saying if they, get, if they get the extra point. Yeah, so if we get the extra point and we score and it's, and it's seven points and he's like, okay, a minute for them to score and not beat us, right? So it's like you had to pick which score, but both of them are going to beat us if they get it. So you either score a touchdown, you could try to go for two, but if you don't get that, they can whatever, and then they have yeah. a minute left. because Which were terrible in the red zone anyways, so. <laughs> right. So I think it was basically the difference of scoring a touchdown and being up six. And once again, you could have gone for two um, with one Oh five left in the game or 19 seconds and you're up two. And I, I honestly, it is soft. I do agree with the decision because at the end of the day, it's 19 seconds and they have no timeouts. Now, if they had two timeouts or one timeout, I would say score a touchdown. So yeah, it would make be a march definitely down the field. Different. But when it comes to that decision, I get it and I understand it, but I just think 19 seconds, no timeouts and they got the ball in the 25 on their own 25 you know, whatever, but um, I'll just touch on, I mean, briefly kind of what we saw out there. So um, to us uh, started the game and he got replaced by Fitzpatrick defense played really well for basically three quarters, you know, held the dolphins to six points and they're rallying. You could tell that there's a lot of energy, a lot of focus around effort. Um, we got to two a good amount, um, you know, and I think we only got three sacks on the night, but a lot of good pressures, some good run defense, and we got, you know, got a lot of stops and ultimately put the offense in really great spots and they weren't able to execute. But, you know, I think it was 13-6 at half or something like that. So, you know, we're rolling out and, and feeling pretty good. Um, you know, they they end up scoring um, in the third quarter to tie it up, you know, nine play, I think it was like a nine-play 75-yard drive or something like that where they went down the field, long drive, boom. You know, then we trade a couple field goals and then it's 16 all. But as far as the matchups are concerned, um, I think that, we were able to keep Tua um, in check. Why? I, kind of like what I talked about in the preview. I'm like, he's not someone that's going to escape the pocket and take shots deep, but he'll he'll execute and hit that first down or whatever. But he kind of is is playing a. I don't know. It seems like he's he's got some blinders on at times and not trying. He doesn't like forcing it a lot in some tight windows, which we don't usually have tight windows on defense, but we did on Saturday at least. But um, so then they replaced him for Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick came in and did his thing. You know, he was, he's the more aggressive one. He's going to take the shots down the field. He's going to throw in tight coverage and either you're going to get a catch or a pass interference or pick and he'll take those odds. So I think he kind of sparked that team, you know, definitely towards the end of the game. And they did the same thing when they put Fitzpatrick into uh, the Denver game, they didn't end up winning that game, but he kind of gave them like a little jolt and a little Fitz magic, but he did the same thing to us um, on Saturday. And unfortunately um, it didn't work out. So you know, overall, I thought the defense played well for three, three quarters, let's call it. And then, so then we go down, like you mentioned, DC bombed Nelson Aguilar, 
awesome, missed the extra point, not awesome. And then uh, they scored again, and I know I'm repeating what you're saying, but on the defensive side, there was that pass to Miles Gaskin where it was just like a check down. <laughs> and he goes like 50 yards to the house. It was unbelievable. And we were sitting there and I was like, hey, why is Corey Littleton flexed out wide? You're like, well, it's because of running backs. So I was like, but also why is Corey Littleton flexed out wide? <laughs> yeah. And sure shit, he runs a slant and he's dropping back still. I think he was still in his back pedal when the slant, when, when he hit the slant. <laughs> yeah. And then it just it ensued from there. But. Well, it's funny because um, we were talking and, and when we, when DC threw that bomb to Aguilar, it was three minutes and 30 seconds left. And I was like, dude, I, I don't know if we scored too fast, you know, it's just like, yeah. just like the Chargers game. Yeah. And then they go back and Instantly. score 40 seconds and we're like, cool, you know, sweet. But yeah, so it basically they get the ball, as you mentioned, uh, on their own 25 with 19 seconds left. And here's the play. It's a, so because they have no timeouts, you know, they got to take a shot or they're going to go towards the sideline, but it's got to be 15, 20 yards down the field. So the Raiders run cover two. And on that play, um, so it was on the left hash, the left side of the screen, whatever you want to call it. And Damon Arnett is playing cover two. So he's the corner in that sense. And in true cover two or Tampa two, um, whatever, corners press, right? And they trail. So they they press at the line. And if their guy goes behind them, they trail it. And then they'll drive up on anything in front of them, right? Basically anything in front of 10 yards, whether that's a drag or flats or anything like that. Um, usually around the four to seven yard mark, right? Because you have safety, safety over the top for, to help you out. Um, but in this sense, I don't know why we ran cover two, but even if you are running cover two, how that's taught for, Tam- for Tampa two is 19 seconds left. You don't even care about the flats and you go. And you, so we, I think the reason they did it is because they wanted to press them off the line, right? So don't just sit back and prevent defense and let them do it press them off the line, but then get your fucking ass back there and don't jump on anything in the flats. And so Arnett ends up doing just that. He jumped on something and Fitzpatrick throws it to a wide open guy. I don't know where the safety was, but really it was that coverage should have ended up being a showing cover two and starting off in cover two and then dropping to quarters kind of right. Like we should have just got back, but I think they wanted to press them off the line to get whatever you get what I'm saying. So he jumps something in the flats for no reason. Um, Fitzpatrick throws a bomb to, what was it, Gusecki? No. No, I like, don't even know who it was, to be honest with you. I don't it, know. Some, someone I didn't even recognize. It's like, where, was this guy up the sideline? Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find it out. I guess it's not really that important. But anyways, Fitzpatrick throws. Oh, here we go. Mac Hollins. He threw it to Mac Hollins for 35 yards. But Just, on, just so everyone knows, Mac Hollins had two receptions for 42 yards. Oh, good. Total. Yeah, total. And one of them was a 34, 35 yarder. But on that play, Arden Key is rushing, um, rushing the passer, rushing Fitzpatrick, and he face masks Fitzpatrick and basically turns his dang helmet almost off. And he still completed it. And well, he was wide open, to be fair. But yeah, the thing he threw about it up that, straight up in the air. It was a punt. I mean, yeah. Was- oh, yeah. It, it was a prayer. Um, but the thing about that is just like, um, last week, roughing the passer or, you know, a, a personal foul on top of, oh, I guess, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of double penalty, but because he did that, they tacked on the personal foul is what was what I'm trying to say yeah. after the game. And so it was a 34 yard play and then it was 15 yards. So that's 49 yards right there. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically that's game over. Um, the other so they thing did, about that too is 
you can't do that. That's illegal. Right. Yes, that is illegal. Um, so they end up getting the ball. It goes from their 25 to our 25 in a matter of seven seconds. And then they have to get down the field spike, or I think they took a shot. I forgot what it was, but anyways, Saunders kicks a 44 yard game winner and that was it. So Raiders took a lead basically 25, 23 with 19 seconds left. Arnett blown coverage and cover two. Good question why we would run the coverage. You can question why he felt like he had to drive up on the, on the flats. And then there's Arden key. So yeah, it was basically just our season to a T um, and, and, you know, granted that we would have had a lot of things that need to happen for us to, to make the playoffs. Um, it's still one of those things where you want to win every game. And that is, was a tough way to win or a tough way to lose. And there was, you know, a lot of things that I think could have gone wrong or could have done better and, and prevented it. But I don't know. I think once again, the defense played well for three quarters. Um, the offense did not, I think car stats are obviously fluffed because of that 85 yard bomb. It just didn't seem like we can get in rhythm. You talked about Josh Jacobs and I don't know. It doesn't really matter that, you know, 26 points or sorry, 25 points for the offense is fine, but it's like, it's because of the, how many opportunities we had, how many opportunities yeah. do we have to score? And, and there we weren't able to. And, and I think one of the biggest point that you made, not the biggest, one of the bigger ones that I believe too, is like we get down into the red zone and we either call a play or we check into a play that is basically so. And I think it's more often that we check into it. So Carr gets down there and whatever play he, he selected, he goes, Oh no, no, no. I don't like this. This isn't going to work. And he checks out of it and to beat what he's seen. Right. But then that usually is just one route, you know? So that's just for one player. So rarely is it like, Oh, I don't like this coverage. Let me get into something that's going to attack this coverage. He just goes, no, 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 no. Let me do this thing and then hit Waller there or Witten here or Hunter Renfro, you know? And the second that's not there, that's when he he looks at it, takes a look, and then has to flush, throws it away. How many times have you yeah. seen Carr throw it away? In the yeah. It's, like just, yeah. just out Too of Too many times. Yeah. So, but it's just like, we don't have plays that have multiple options to, to attack the defense. And it's like, so in my, from my perspective, it's like, stop checking out of it then. Just because you don't like the read, then, then say, okay, hey, then I'm just going to change. We're going to stay in this play. And I'm just going to, you know, let's just simplify it and let's just go and, and run what's yeah. called. Where's and then your just number look two? at different options. Yeah, exactly. Or get into something, you know, motion someone to see if, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying he checks out of things so much, but to get to the one thing that he wants for that defense. And if that's covered up, then there's nothing. Yeah. So we don't, so it's either him or it's the plays that doesn't have enough versatility or enough to actually attack the defense and be productive on multiple levels on something that's productive, short, medium, and long with the right coverage and look, you know? So it's, it's, it's always like, Nope, one guy, you know? And I thought that was a great point that you make. Cause it's like Witten, we have Witten just yeah, doing, two. you know, this one play and it's like, cool, but it, it has to, I don't know. It's there. We could talk for a long time about it and probably dive into the film and we probably will this off season, but it's just, it's, it's so frustrating. So I think once again, you look at some games and you're like, Hey, we scored 25 points. Good stuff. This game was not that game because we scored 25 points with so many times to so many opportunities to score, but yeah. And once again, they scored 26. So, <laughs> but yeah, that what you're saying is it's unfortunate that it's kind of a double-edged sword because Carr 
checks out of a lot of things. It seems like he will, you know, read something, check out of it, go to something different or call something that isn't even a check that's changing anything. And he's very cerebral with everything. And a lot of times it works out. And when we're clicking, you know what I mean? Those times where he reads something and then changes it to, uh, I don't think we've ever seen it happen with Witten, but a tight end delayed block, get off of it. And you know what I mean? It goes for a touchdown. I was like, damn, that was the best call ever. Like that was great. Car's so smart for doing that, all this stuff. But like you said, it's one of those things where he's checking out of it because this is the perfect read for this play, but it's the only look there. And it's, it's like, the only one. yeah. And it's like, this is either going to, like I said earlier, deceive them or it's not going to work. That's not what you want on third down. Yeah. On third and goal, you don't want, I think that's what it was on that play or third. I mean, within the red zone, it was third down. It's like, you're going to say, okay, we have one read or we're throwing the ball away. Like that's not good odds. Yeah. Let alone it being Witten. It's like, you love it. It's obvious. One of those things you love it when it works out and you know what I mean? You criticize it and hate it when it doesn't, but it's just so frustrating where you're like, just be better. Yeah. And I, I think that we've, we've touched on the red zone struggles for a long time, even dating back to last year. Um, but I'm saying this is, it's a new layer of it to where it's like, how are we, I just don't get how we're not making adjustments and, and I don't have all the answers. I, I'm not going to say, you're going to be like, Oh, this is what you need to do. But it's like, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm going to do is if I'm watching a game um, this week was perfect because it was like Friday, three Saturday, it's kind of broken up, you know? Um, so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to watch a game, I want to watch the best offenses in general and how they operate in the red zone. And more often than not, they do what they did between the 20 or yeah, basically between the twenties. So from the other 20 to, to the red zone, they do that inside the 20 also. Right. And if you think about it, we, either we kind of spread them out or we have um, at least three wide receivers, you know, whatever it is between the twenties and it's, and it's aggressive and it's down the field or Jacob gash here and out of shotgun or whatever. And then we get into the twenties and we shrink down. Right. Yeah. And then everything is like, okay, here comes, uh, here comes Witten and here comes Moreau and here comes Ingold. And we get into like, okay, now we have one wide receiver. So they know we're going to run the ball. And if we don't, it's punch fake and it's, no Moreau. And then we, all we have is Nelson Aguilar over here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I, I just don't get why it's predictable is what it is. It is predictable. Yeah. So, cause it's, I don't know. I just said not say like, Hey, get in there and go five wide receivers in the red zone. It's tough to score because there's obviously only 20 or 30 yards you can play with because of the 10 yard end zone. But it's like the, I, I watched this week and the best teams, they stay with what's working, but you know what I'm saying? But they consolidate a little bit, but mm-hmm. we just shrink it. We, yeah. we shrink our formations and it's, it's so predictable and it's frustrating, dude. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just get, like you said, getting into it and running three tight end sets or two tight end and a fullback set. It's like, there's, it's people joke about that being, you know, John Gruden offense, but like when you're spreading things out, passing the ball, dialing up, you know, certain stuff for rugs to go deep over the middle and, and, you know, freeing up Waller down the sideline or so, you know what I mean? Like scheming mm-hmm. guys open and then you get down in there and it's like, well, you've got two options. You're either going to give it to Jacobs or you're going to do a play action to the, one of the tight ends. Yeah. God forbid it be win, but a mm-hmm. lot of times it is, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, I don't know. I just look at, you know, I watched the Kansas city game a lot too. And, and they're, they, they kind of get a little too fancy at times, but yeah. I, I just think that it's so, there's a lot of motions they, they spread you out and there's a lot of motions and they still run the ball. They still run it out of shotgun. Um, but it's a lot of motions, a lot of confusions. They, I saw them ran 
fucking like three speed sweeps inside the red zone. You know what I'm saying? We would never yeah. do anything like that. Yeah. And I get, you got to have the guys, but Hey, Henry Ruggs, maybe give yeah. him a chance. Right. Um, or just those touch passes, you know, where it's the quick, you know, but anyways, I, you know, we could talk about this for forever. I feel like, but it was a frustrating game. Um, Raider nation. I'm with you guys. Um, I don't know. That's yeah, all, I didn't, yeah, yeah. Whatever. that's you know that's about all we it's can really say about it. Yeah, it's frustrating, and you know it's one of those things where we get down here to March, close to the draft, you're gonna be like, I don't even care that that loss happened because now we have a better <laughs> draft pick. But it yeah. still hurts. It still hurts to it lose. Does. You know, it's one of those things where you you look at the things like, okay, well, this is what it takes for us to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. a win starts with it. But like I said, the Ravens won, so we would have been eliminated regardless. So. Yeah, I, I would have. I mean, I think it would be worth it if we went nine and seven and had a fucking winning season. Yeah. Once. Oh yeah, definitely. That would be cool. But yeah. That outside of that, we were getting eliminated anyways. And and I know it's not all about the draft because you could be three spots closer and still make the wrong decision. You know. But oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, just one of those things that we gotta unfortunately pick up the pieces and and and, and move on to the next week. Yeah. As frustrating as it is, is you know we're on to Denver. We always play those dudes week 17 in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> How many times? I would love to look it up. And I, the only reason is because I can just see cold car, you know, yes. cold week 17 car where he, you know he's freezing his ass. Yeah, exactly. And the, I can tell you 2018 that didn't happen because we were there. It was week 17. Oh, yeah. was uh, Christmas Eve. We went to that see, game. See, Woods last game. No. Yeah. Not 2018. It wasn't. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was, no, we went Christmas Eve for Seawood's last game. Yeah, the year before, I think. Oh, okay, got it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe it was 2017. Year before, Yeah, I believe it was, but anyways. We went with, yeah. our, we went with everyone. We went, yeah, I remember we thought the, it was the last game at yeah, the Coliseum. It was supposed to be the last game at the Coliseum. Yeah. We went with the fam, <laughs> snuck you into the VIP section. It was oh, yeah, the most right. Neil Caffrey thing. Oh, yeah, done outside awesome. of Hallie sneaking me into the Giants game. But nonetheless, we're on to Denver. Last game of the season, Suburban Bowl. Can't hold anything back now. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, we'll um, we'll keep we'll keep pumping out the content. We, you know, that's what our that's what our job here is, and, and we'll keep trying to um, dive into this. And it will be interesting um, playoff playoff time. But you know, I'm excited to talk more NFL like we've talked about before, and and start bringing in some some draft stuff as well. So yeah, definitely. As always, we appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. If you're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, rate, subscribe, review, give us those five stars, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, wherever you see it. Like I said, we're on to Denver. Terrible loss in Miami, but Raider Nation keeps going. Keep going. Raider Nation, love you guys. Peace out. Micah, as always, late. Later. Later.